This is The Guardian. I'm Patrick Keneally, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. As Australia prepares for a public holiday tomorrow, the controversy surrounding January 26 has resurfaced. Australia Day's been killed by stealth right across the nation. A number of businesses have blacklisted Australia Day celebrations. Woolworths has pulled Australia Day items from sales, sparking a political storm across the country. The decision by Woolworths to no longer sell Australia Day merchandise at its stores was met with calls for a boycott from the opposition leader, Peter Dutton. I think Australians should boycott Woolworths. It's a bad decision. Uh, It damages Woolworths. It embarrasses the employees. That prompted the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, to criticise Dutton for stoking yet another culture war. I'm disappointed by it, but not surprised by Peter Dutton, as he's always looking to divide, always looking for an us versus them. And while the calls from many in the community to change the date grow louder, are Conservative politicians using the same script from the voice referendum? Today, Australia Day and the politics of division. It's Thursday, the 25th of January. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Josh, it's the 26th of January tomorrow, and almost like clockwork, we've had another culture war or maybe a culture skirmish has broken out. On Wednesday, Woolworths had full-page ads in the newspapers defending its decision not to stock Australia Day-themed merchandise. This issue started two weeks ago. How did we end up here? Well, Woolworths has put it down to a, a business decision. Josh Butler is a Guardian Australia political reporter. They've basically said that there's been this gradual decline in demand for what they called, you know, extra products, um, especially for Australia Day, that they wouldn't normally stock year round. And, and they've said people aren't buying this stuff in the Woolworths supermarkets. Um, Big W, I think they said it was still going to sell Australian flags, as they always do, and that uh, there would be a, a range of Australia Day merchandise on the Woolworths group online store. But they've basically also said as part of this statement that there had been uh, what they called a broader discussion about January 26 and what it means to different parts of the community. And Woolworths' decision sparked a reaction from some quarters. Peter Dutton came out and called for a boycott of Woolworths. What did he have to say about it? Dutton seems to come back from um, his Christmas break all amped up and um, blatantly called for people to, to boycott Woolworths and to try other supermarkets. I think people should boycott Woolworths. I would advise very strongly uh, to take your business elsewhere, to go to IGA or Coles or Aldi 
And how did the other supermarkets respond? Well, Coles has said that they would still be stocking, I think, I think a small range of Australia Day goods and, and, and those sort of things. I went to my local one um, here in Canberra and there was, a, a, I think, maybe sort of one um, sort of shelf of bucket hats and um, you know, paper plates and, and that sort of thing. I'm not sure what it's like in other parts of the country. But um, Aldi, the German-owned um, supermarket, they said that they also wouldn't be stocking any extra Australia Day stuff, especially for the 26th of January. So um, it was, it was sort of quite interesting. You know, Dutton comes out and says, you know, go somewhere else, go to these other supermarkets. You know, one of them says they're also not going to do it. Um, Dutton went on in that same interview um, on 2GB to talk about, you know, he, he's saying that basically the way people celebrate Australia Day is their decision, of course, but that he didn't agree with the Woolworths decision. You know, he, he seemed to question if it actually was based on business interests or on um, consumer habits. For Woolworths to start taking political positions to oppose Australia Day uh, is against the national interest, the national spirit. He seemed to have a, a you know some level of indignation about Woolworth's decision here. He's claiming Woolworth shouldn't tell you how to vote or how you should feel about Australia Day. If it's your decision not to celebrate uh, Australia Day, well, that's not something I agree with, but that's your that's your decision and I respect that. But I don't want to go into Woolworths and be told how I need to vote, how I feel about Australia Day. The bit that I was sort of most um, uh, intrigued by was him basically saying that if he wanted to go to Woolworths and, and purchase Australia Day stuff, he should be entitled to do so, which I thought was an interesting way to think about um, what rights consumers have. You know, if you want to go into a Woolworths and buy a certain top, you know, buy a lawnmower, that Woolworths should have to sell it to you because that's what you want it to do. If I want to go into Woolworths and purchase... Uh, all of the paraphernalia to celebrate Australia Day with my next-door neighbours or my family or my mates, well, that's something that I should be able and entitled to do. And other companies haven't done it. And then this Wednesday, the CEO of Woolworths, Brad Banducci, went on radio and breakfast TV to try and hose down the controversy. What was his message? Yeah, so Brad Banducci has been doing uh, the the media rounds um, after all the controversy blew up. Finally, um, he said that Woolworths hadn't seen evidence of a boycott happening, but that the criticism was having an effect um, on their staff. And so, unfortunately, there's been a fifty percent increase in the number of incidents in our stores of reported acts of rudeness or, or as I say, uh, aggression towards our team. And I've been tracking those uh, by the day. He also suggested that any criticism about the decision should be directed at himself or the company's executives, um, not towards their ordinary members of staff. We should also say that this isn't the first year that we've seen this sort of thing happen. Yeah, so Kmart, also another big retailer um, that a lot of Australians go to, um, made a similar decision last year and it was covered at the time, but it didn't get nearly the same level of outrage. Uh, I might be wrong, but I don't remember any uh, leading politicians calling for a, a Kmart boycott. I think this is just Peter Dutton thinking that he's on to a winner um, by cracking on the supermarkets, um, cracking down on big business. And did Dutton have anyone else backing him in on this boycott idea? So Pauline Hanson came out on social media. Um, she put a statement out saying that she was offended by the decision um, and, and called the uh, conduct of these big business, you know, offensive. 
Obviously, there was a lot of support for Dutton's position from other coalition politicians as well, people like um, Senator Jacinta Nampajimpa-Price. I think we should be boycotting those who are prepared to not be proud of this country. Big shopping supermarkets such as Woolworths poured millions of dollars into uh, the Yes campaign, uh, which didn't save a single life uh, of an Indigenous person. Woolworths are continuing down this path, which has just proved to be divisive. People would remember her, obviously, as being uh, the the coalition's uh, shadow uh, Indigenous Affairs Minister and also the leader of the the No campaign the, uh, in, in in the referendum. And I think this is where it kind of all um, a few different threads all all link up here because you know we we've we've had um, a lot of people that were quite prominent in the No campaign, um, Jacinta Price, Warren Mundine, obviously both um, leaders of the No campaign, both Indigenous people um, coming out and sort of saying, well, Australia best country in the world, we should be proud of it. Corporates haven't learnt the lesson of the referendum. They all supported the yes vote and they all got their ass kicked. And so it's about time that these corporates woke up to themselves. My better advice would be let's all buy shares in Woolworths, let's all go to the next AGM and let's get rid of the board and get rid of the management and then get people in there who actually like Australia. There was obviously also um, the very interesting Advance Australia campaigning group, which was the leading no campaign organisation. You go through their social media feeds, their Instagram, Twitter, and there are numerous, numerous, numerous posts about, you know, companies that they say are, you know, being un-Australian and not selling Australian goods and not celebrating Australia Day enough. It was really potent, I think, for a while. I think it did sort of tap into some of that sentiment that sort of held over from the referendum about the elites, uh, you know, um, ashamed of Australia. The elites are trying to, you know, take down Australia and the good patriots. And I think in certain demographics, in certain populations, I think that's a really potent message. And how did Albanese uh, respond to this sort of outbreak of culture war and Dutton's comments about we should all boycott Woolworths? What what, what did he have to say? Yeah, it it was really interesting to see how that evolved over a couple of days. Um, I think it, it basically sort of started off the government response with a bit of ridiculing of, of this idea of a boycott. Murray Watt, one of the government ministers, came out and he says, you know, we're, we're focused on the cost of living. Peter Dutton's focused on plastic thongs. Our government is focused on the prices that supermarkets charge. Peter Dutton is focused on the kind of thongs that supermarkets sell. It, it sort of evolved then into Albanese talking about it from like an economic sort of frame because, you know, if, if you're calling for a boycott, that means people shouldn't spend their money at a certain place. And and Albanese started talking about the, the economic effects of, of that sort of thing on, you know, one of the biggest businesses in Australia. I find it bizarre that the so-called uh, party of uh, the free market is calling for a boycott of a company that employs... 200,000 Australians. Now, think about the implications of this. If everyone boycotted uh, Woolworths, that's 200,000 people uh, who would lose their jobs. The coalition's response to that, I thought, was kind of fumbling. They 
didn't seem to expect that the government would turn around and talk about, I guess, the economic side of, of a boycott like that. I don't think they really expected the government to sort of turn around and say, well, what are the economic effects if one of the biggest employers in the country stops doing business or, or if they have a big hit to their business? Senator James Patterson, the, the Liberal senator from Victoria, for one, um, he said that uh, Woolworths is a very profitable company and that he wasn't concerned about them going out of business tomorrow. And that was sort of the standard response we heard from a lot of Liberal MPs that were backing in uh, Dutton's calls for a boycott. A lot of other Conservative politicians were actually backing in Dutton's calls here. At the start of this week, Cricket Australia made a decision not to use the term Australia Day at tomorrow's test in Brisbane. And what were the responses to that decision? Yeah, the responses to um, the Cricket Australia stuff was a fair bit more muted than the supermarkets issue. We had a couple of uh, responses from, say, the the Social Services Minister, Amanda Rishworth, um, who was talking about that the government's position is that Australia Day is on the 26th and um, that, that people can celebrate it how they like. Every Australian and every Australian organisation, private organisation, will make decisions about uh, what, uh, uh, how they acknowledge Australia Day, how they reflect, respect and celebrate, and that's a matter for them. But then the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, went on Sky News on Monday and he was asked about this as well. And he said something that sort of no one has really said through this whole debate yet. And, and he said people should stop looking for things to be upset by. I think we need to stop looking for areas in which we can be outraged. We need to come together. And then at a press conference on Tuesday, Pat Cummins, the Australian men's cricket team captain, he was asked about the controversy and he also expressed his support for changing the date. You know, my personal opinions is, uh, you know, I absolutely love Australia. I think it's the best country in the world by a mile and I think we should have an Australia Day, but... Um, I think we can probably find a, a more appropriate day to, to celebrate it. It's sort of unclear exactly what is going to happen or not happen or be said or not said um, on Australia Day at the Gabba in Brisbane. Some of these reports are, you know, making it out as though Cricket Australia has, you know, boycotted Australia Day and they're going to ignore it and they're going to not do anything. But then... Other reports are saying that it's going to be acknowledged sort of in passing, I think is the, is the phrase they use, by a ground announcer. Um, obviously, Cricket Australia's decision to, to actually hold the game over the Australia Day holiday came after consulting with their Indigenous Advisory Committee. Um, there was criticism from cricketers like uh, Ashley Gardner and also Scott Boland, uh, the, the men's uh, team bowler, um, had, had raised issues about whether it should be held on Australia Day and, and, and those sort of things. There was criticism of the scheduling decision. So it's a pretty fraught one and I will be fascinated to, to watch the game um, over the weekend and see how they actually do market, if at all. Do you know how widespread, are there any polling or numbers on how widespread support is for maintaining celebration of Australia Day on the 26th of January? The poll results on this are mixed when you look at them over a number of years. I mean, we had an, uh, a Guardian Essential poll in January 2022, which showed 57% 
of people supported either changing the date or keeping Australia Day on this day with uh, an additional extra day somewhere else to you know better acknowledge and respect our First Nations people. Um, but then on the other side, you know, there was a Roy Morgan poll that was released um, just this week showing that two-thirds of Australians, so a bit more than two-thirds, about 68.5%, say Australia Day should stay as the name of January 26. Um, that was an increase, actually, um, of, of nearly 5% from a year ago. So more people are getting behind that idea of Australia Day um, remaining as January 26 and, the, and the, the name of the day not changing to you know uh, Invasion Day, for instance. But same as any poll. I mean, these these poll results do vary by age and demographic and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, young people, I think, not surprisingly, are more supportive of um, changes to the day or changes to how we talk about it. Uh, also, you know, obviously political party affiliation, you know, LNP voters think things just say the same. The Greens voters are more supportive of a change and there's sort of mixed results um, amongst uh, ALP voters. Obviously, it's very important, I think, to note as well that the Labor government has said that they don't have plans to change Australia Day. So um, it is really interesting to see how these numbers do change. And I think it'll be really interesting to see maybe in a couple of years where these, where these numbers um, do sit because in a lot of these polls, it's, you know, not not quite 50-50, but opinions are pretty split on this. And um, I, I do wonder where this, these numbers sort of sit in a couple of years perhaps. Next, what's Peter Dutton's playbook? Hey, Jane Lee here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you probably know, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, which means we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, we don't answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we haven't put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers and listeners who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. So if you're able to support us, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. There's also a link on the full story page. Thanks. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Josh, let's look at Dutton's strategy here. He called out the CEO of Woolworths, Brad Banducci. Dutton also drew parallels between Banducci and the former Qantas CEO, Alan Joyce. Why was he criticising the Woolworths CEO? 
this is sort of like the the meta narrative, I think, to to use a twenty dollar word that the sort of uh, floats above this whole thing. I think this is a bit of a hangover from the referendum for for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, through um, that whole period, people would remember there was a lot of criticism from from critics of the referendum or people who didn't who were going to vote no, saying you know, oh, Qantas is you know doing this and Woolworths is doing that and West Farmers and and and, and you know the the big footy. Co- codes and all this sort of stuff that tried to paint it as though like the elites were coming and the elites wanted to change Australia and and that sort of thing. And I think obviously based off the referendum result, I think Dutton, the broader coalition, and I think, you know, people on the, the conservative end of politics think they're onto a bit of a winner here. This is something that we see, you know, obviously not just an Australian phenomenon, sort of all over the world, you know, Trump and and all all these sort of people are you know talking about the elites and and like the woke academics and this sort of stuff are trying to to change the country and make you do things differently in your day-to-day life. Secondly, I think for a more local context, obviously Australia in a cost of living crunch, people aren't that hopped up on big business at the moment. Obviously, people are doing it really tough at the petrol bowser at their you know energy bills all these sort of things but specifically in the last little while there's been so much attention on the supermarkets the other big story over the summer break has been supermarket prices um, whether the coles and woolies and whoever are price gouging you know people are looking more at the power that these big supermarkets have in setting prices and if they're ripping off the farmers and if they're you know price gouging and, and all this sort of stuff I think it wasn't really any surprise or it shouldn't be a surprise that in the same week that there was all this talk about, you know, the grocery code of conduct, this secondary thing about um, Woolworths and Australia Day was really elevated by Dutton getting on the radio and not just sort of dancing around and saying, oh, you know, they're a bit bad and people should, you know, think about where they spend their money. He outright called for a boycott, which I was really surprised by. I didn't think they would go quite that bold and blunt and sort of barefaced. This sort of goes to a broader thing about the Liberal Party trying to sort of redefine itself as not the party of big business. If the Liberal Party is saying, we're not the party of big business, we're the party of the small business and of the worker, the implicit sort of corollary of that is them trying to say to voters, Labor Party is the party of big business and of, you know, the people that are doing the wrong thing by you, which is sort of quite funny when you think about it, because like, arguably the big defining thing about Labor's time in government so far. It's big policy thing besides the referendum. You could argue is its fight on industrial relations, you know, their their same job, same pay, their bargaining conditions, stuff that's making big businesses really mad. But it is easy for someone like Dutton, a populist sort of right-wing politician, to say to voters, you hate CEOs, we think our opponents love the CEOs, you know, do the maths. This has been something the Liberals have tried for a while. Morrison tried it. Even Malcolm Turnbull had that famous spray at Bill Shorten in Parliament once a couple of years ago, calling him a great sycophant of billionaires. And I just thought that was so funny, you know, Malcolm Turnbull, the fabulously wealthy, you know, Mr. Harborside Mansion. Yeah, the car- mansion on the harbour. Yeah, the cartoonist he's a drawing with a top hat on, <laughs> trying to say that someone else was tied up with a billionaire. So this has been like an ongoing project for the Liberal Party to try and sort of yeah. um, get away from the yoke of the of the big business. But, um, you know. It's quite funny also when you see Peter Dutton going to events with Gina Reinhardt and- Waving um, from the steps yeah. of the plane that we reported on the other week. So that was, yes, it very, very funny. Look, I'm interested also, are there political risks for Peter Dutton in this approach, not just in terms of alienating big business, but also the hyperpolarization strategy of, um, you know, dialing up on the culture wars has worked overseas mm. 
in very different political systems where there's no compulsory voting, is there a risk that he alienates a large portion of the public or a significant portion of the public by talking about culture wars when, you know, most people are really worried about the cost of living and, you know, bread and butter issues? The risk for Dutton, I think, is sort of hard to see at the moment. Um, I don't think they would you know, for instance, turn down donations that came from some of those big businesses and and that sort of thing, even if Dutton is saying that they're not the party of big business. When you think about what the Liberal Party strategy for getting back to government is, it's not it's probably not through the teal seats anymore. Like I think this discussion is still live inside the Liberal Party and there are a lot of people who want the Liberals to go back after seats like Wentworth and Kuyong and uh, Curtin and, and those sort of places. Other people are saying, well, those seats are gone if we don't have those sort of inner city, blue ribbon, high income seats, the Liberal Party doesn't necessarily need to have an ambitious target on climate change. And instead, let's go after the outer suburban seats on the edges of the cities where the Liberal Party and Labor are really locked in a tight battle there. So I think, you know, if Dutton spends a lot of time talking about bread and butter issues like petrol prices and energy prices and, and, and you know, groceries and that sort of thing, which is basically all he's talked about for almost his whole tenure as opposition leader. I think that does start to cut through at some point. Josh, what does this episode tell us about the tone of political debate in 2024? I think this is a bit of a a, a harbinger of what we might see from Peter Dutton over the rest of the year. I think Dutton is the kind of person that wants to have a fight. I think this episode sort of shows that that Dutton isn't maybe really afraid to really take it to the government this year. Uh, obviously, they took a big gamble, for instance, you know, um, going against the referendum last year. If the referendum had gotten up, I think it would have been um, very tricky for Dutton to really talk about having any kind of relevancy in the mood of the public and, and the Australian electorate. Um, but I think he's really buoyed and, and inflated by that result Uh I think we'll see more of this from Dutton. I think he's very happy to um, be on this ground of shots at CEOs and, you know, I'm standing up for this value and people are trying to take this away from you and I'm someone who will protect your right to basically keep on doing what you've been doing for a long time. There, There is this sort of vibe around the world that, you know, after the pandemic, after all these shocks that we've been through over the last number of years, um, people are tired, people um, are, are worried and frightened and they are maybe looking for someone to blame. They're looking for someone to um, put their worries and their concerns and their fears onto. And I think if someone like Peter Dutton can come along and, and, and you know, try to indicate to people where he thinks they should put their anger or their concern, um, I think that could be a powerful sort of message. So I think what we've seen is something that we'll see a lot more of. Josh Butler is a political reporter for Guardian Australia based in Canberra. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Daniel Simo, who also did the mix and sound design. The executive producer is Hannah Parks. I'm Patrick Keneally. See you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.